better not cross it. We better not even come close to it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Satan is a loser. Hallelujah. Christ our victor won the battle at Calvary. Amen, amen. God bless you tonight. I, I feel his presence. I feel his anointing here, and we're just believing that God is going to do special things here this evening. Amen. We thank you for praying for us today as we went to Richmond and we bring back a wonderful report. Brother Matthew did an excellent job and, and I know the people were blessed there. And so we're just happy to be in the service of the Lord tonight, fighting the battle one more time. And we got our armor buckled on and we're ready to go. Amen. And we know that we're going to win. Amen. Amen. I will let you grab your swords at this time and turn with us over to Psalms. Chapter 46 and verse 5. Man. Amen. Psalms 46 and verse, verse 5. And <clears throat> I'd like to continue our, our thought this evening on, on God is with us and we will see miracles. Not maybe we'll see miracles, but we will see miracles. Man, we're we have we have found out the name of Goliath, and we have found out that he is too big to miss. So we just pick up our stones and we prepare to sling them. Amen. I certainly enjoyed last night, and Brother Mark. Uh, Brother Mark certainly enjoyed uh, you guys, and he he fell in love with you in a matter of seconds, and. Uh, so we thank you for your pull, and we thank you for um, just everything you mean. And he wanted to just tell you how much he loved just being with you guys last night. Psalms chapter 46 and verse 5. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Notice she's not moved by what comes. She's not moving by what's going. She is not moved, and God shall help her that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. Let's say that together. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Amen. Let's bow our heads this evening. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, Lord, and we humble our hearts Lord Jesus, before the great I am, Lord, and we just ask God at this moment in time that you would look upon us and that you administer life and peace, Father, to our hearts, Lord. We know that your word will bring us the victory, Father, and we know that your word will console our hearts, and we know that the enemy cannot stay on these grounds, for these are holy grounds, and Lord Jesus, we know that if we begin to push at him with the word of God, that he has to leave. The Bible tells us to submit ourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee. 
Lord, we pre, we are persistent in our resisting him. And Father, one more time, we stand behind this pulpit, Lord Jesus, and we ask God that you would come and anoint us for service. Every single one of us, Father, bless those that will hear this by the way of the internet, Lord Jesus, this week. And now, Father, we pray you bless this congregation abundantly. And may we see the acts of the Holy Ghost moving amongst us here this evening. May the Spirit of God feel just absolutely welcomed here and may there be such a liberty in this place tonight to move in any way possible. May you minister in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The brothers have that quote we shared with them. It said, if, if God designed man's body, He certainly designed the body of his son, the church. He designed us to come together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and have these supernatural workings of God, outlets through gifts of the Spirit such as prophecy and wisdom and knowledge and and gifts of healing and all of these other different gifts as outlets that God lets out his power and lets out his revelation to the people. And not as an individual so much, but as a unit We're all together one great body of believers. And how do we get into this body and the mystic body of the Lord Jesus? By one spirit we're all baptized into this body. Now notice this. Now Satan by the laws of sin and death makes everything that sin and death brought operate to send to Satan sends a cancer. To operate to Satan and he sends a cancer. The man recognized it and receives it. Satan sends heartaches. We recognize it and receive it. And if Satan by his power can make his laws work in a man, how much more ought God with his power make his laws work in man? If Satan can make his laws be sure and us recognize it, how much more ought God to his children to make his laws be recognized amongst his people? of divine healing and revelation and power and gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. The law of sin and death works in the people and the law of the liberty of Christ has come unto us to set us free from those things. If if man can recognize what God has done, how much more as the children of God would we recognize what God has done, what, what God has given us. If these things are laying there for us, if these things are promised for us, how much more should we recognize it? This is, this is not just a battle that we're facing. This is not just a battle that you're facing. This is, a, this is an attack all the way around the bride of Jesus Christ. And if we could realize that, that this is Satan at work, this is, this is the best that he's got. This is the best that Satan has got is to, to make you sick. He's, his best is to make you afflicted. But the least little touch of God is omnipotent. The best that Satan has got is the best that he's got. But the least little thing of God tonight can cast Satan out by a finger. If we could begin to recognize our position and who we are and what we're put here for. You are not put here to live in defeat, but you are put here as a mighty Gentile warrior bride to overtake and to overthrow Satan's kingdom and do with it as you please. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 18, 
that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now, I absolutely love uh, the book of Ephesians. It is personally my favorite book in the Bible. I've spent much time there because that is a parallel to the book of Joshua. It is our inheritance. Here we are. Here Paul is laying out to us our inheritance of, of who we are. These are our borders. This is where we work at. This is where we live at. And, and I love what Paul said here that this exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Notice far above all principality, above every angel, above every demonic power and power and might and dominion and every name that is named Notice this, that not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things, line up everything you got, line up everything Satan's got, line up everything the world's got, hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all, all things to the church. That word over in the Greek, it is very chiefest. It is beyond, it is exceedingly abundantly that he is the head, the very chiefest over all things, that he is beyond all things. He is exceedingly abundantly above all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. You see, God loves, he loves to show his power. He loves to manifest his goodness and his truth and his grace and his wisdom. That's one thing as a believer you find about God is that God loves to display his power. But not only does he love to display it about himself, he loves as a, as a great big God that can come all the way down to humanity you see, that's what makes him God to me. He's so great, but yet he can become so small that he fills all time, space, and eternity, but yet he wants to live on the inside of these 16 elements. And he wants to show his power, his glory, his wisdom, his truth, his goodness, hallelujah, his holiness, his purity, his justness, hallelujah. God's not somewhere far off up in heaven. Deity's in you. And if you can realize today that heaven is not that far away, but heaven is on the inside of you. Come on, somebody. A lot of people will look at the seals and look at this. Well, I don't understand all these things. Let me give it to you straight. The revealing of the seals is not just some book. It is Christ. And if you can ever get that figured out that in this day, Christ has been revealed to you. This is not God way back there, back some back in some other age. This is God right now. This is Jesus revealed to you. This is the Son of Man that is continuing to speak time, time, and time again. And he's still speaking. Any Bible reader who reads the Bible knows that God loves to display his power. Brother Manum said that he brings men into situations that they cannot figure out in order to show them that he loves them and he leads them. Woo. 
He loves to display his power. He displayed his power when Daniel used the lion's hide to lay down upon him. Are you with me? He displayed his power when there was a little ruddy boy that overtook a giant. He displayed his power there. He displayed his power in a man called Jesus when he was, a, he was weary from the revival before and he stepped up on the brow of the boat and he stood up there and he said, Peace be still. Hallelujah. And he's dead. he displayed his power in front of his disciples. And the same one is speaking today. If he could stand upon that natural boat, how much more can he stand upon your spiritual boat this evening? Why don't you let the Son of Man begin to speak peace to your situation? Peace to your life. Peace to your home. Peace to your family. Peace to your marriage. He's willing. Hallelujah. You look at Israel and their journey, which was a type of this, of this journey today, how, notice how he would lead them right into death's trap. Woo. Yeah, swallow that one, it's good for you. Then display his power. He led them into death's trap and then he displayed his power. When Notice when Pharaoh would say, I will let them go. And then God says, no. No, I'm going to harden his heart just in order to show his great power. I love what Brother Mark said last night. If it would not have been a fire, if God would have saved the three Hebrew children before the fire, you'd have never heard of him. If God would have saved us from everything we, that we would have went through in life, we'd have never known him in his attributes as a savior. But because he loves us, he leads us in the spots where he can display his glory. Because he loves me. Woo, hallelujah. In order to show his great power, I believe that's why that God is letting things happen the way they are today, that when the great rush finally comes, he loves to show his power and display his love to the sons of men. In the conflict between God and Satan, he said, but Satan is more than a match for us. We know, we know that Satan is way more than a match for any human being. Don't you never try to do it with your wisdom to outsmart him. You just can't do it. And Jesus knew this, so he sent to the church that Satan would not outsmart them. He sent them a place to be fortified. He sent them the Holy Ghost. And the church does not claim to be smart. They just claim to believe it. You see, if you can ever figure out that Satan is not scared of your 16 elements, Satan is not scared of your human flesh. Satan is not scared. He's not scared of even your earthly spirit. He's not scared of you in your flesh, Brother Nathaniel, but as a gene seed of God. If you could ever realize as a son of God that you've got more power than the angels do in heaven. Satan ain't scared of me as a Spencer, but as a son of God, he better not mess with me. 
my human flesh. He's more than a match for me. But notice this. In my gene seat of God, I'm more than a match for him. Hallelujah. If you don't believe me, I'll give you a quote for it. There you standing this morning, there stands the church of the living God. I don't care what anyone else says, what the doctor says, what anything, what the unbeliever says. We're more than a match for anything that comes along. We're Abraham's seed and we shall possess the gate of our enemy. No matter what the enemy is, God gave the promise. That was theirs, their possession. Healing's your possession. Salvation's your possession. The Holy Ghost is your possession. Glory. When Moses was there on the backside of a desert and he was there and had the pillar of fire, the burning bush experience, and he began to speak to Elohim, and he says, who will I say sent me? Tell them that I am that I am hath sent me. That I am the present one. I'm an ever present help in a time of trouble. I'm there when you need me. I'm there when you don't. I'm always there. I am is present. It's not past tense. It's not future. It's right now. And he's still the great I am. When he was there with Moses, he said, I am. When he was there in Jesus, he said, I am. And when he was here in this day, he said, I am that I am. He only changed his mask to empty himself. Are you with me? To believe to a believer that would open up themselves and allow the Holy Ghost to come in. Brother Branham said that God's strategy is to take empty vessels and fill them up and shake hell with them. All right, who's willing to be an empty vessel this evening? Hallelujah. Now notice as we go on further in the book of Exodus, we find that Moses goes down to Egypt to take over. We go down there and we find that, that we find Moses here and, and begins to display the power of God and the plagues and the power of God is being shown. And we jump over to Exodus chapter 9 and verse 13. And the Lord said unto Moses, rise up early in the morning. Now I'm not going to give you all the background, but you just jump right in. You know the story quite well. But all, all of these other plagues have taken place and now they're at this spot and Moses is still before Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. And, and, and the Lord said unto Moses, rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. Notice, there's a lot of people that are still bound because they do not want to come out and serve him. There's a lot of people that want to be healed. There's a lot of people that want to be delivered. And all they want is that, but they don't want to come out and serve him. There have been countless times that, that people will just pass through this church or pass through other churches and they, they have a need in body. And they know that there is a bomb in Gilead, so they come to where they know that there's divine healing at. You remember that there was a lady that came here one time that had a brain aneurysm. And she came here, she had a brain aneurysm, and the doctors were surprised that she was even living. 
and she came here and was asked, she asked if we would baptize her. We had to be very delicate with the situation. We baptized her and she went back to the doctors and the brain aneurysm was completely gone. That's my God. She reached out and touched God. She got her healing and never came back. We baptized somebody here some years ago now. We, they, they, had a, they had cancer, they had heart trouble, and they came here and they knew that they needed to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We baptized them in a watery grave, and then they, and they rose, rose up there the next week. They went back to the doctor, and cancer was gone, and the heart trouble was gone. They reached out just for a moment as Jesus was passing by, and they touched him but they were not willing to serve him. Now if they could reach into that realm, what about you as sons and daughters of God that are not just willing to be healed, but willing to come out and serve him, willing to stand out for him? Oh, I tell you tonight, the things of God are limited to you. If you can reach out by faith, Let me move on. For I will at this time, verse 14, for I will at this time send all my plagues upon thy heart and upon thy servants and upon upon thy people that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. Notice, this is what Moses is saying to Pharaoh. For now I will stretch out my hand that I might smite thee and thy people with a pestilence and that thou shalt be cut off from the earth. Now, I absolutely love verse 16. I love it in such a way because this scripture right here will shake hell down. It will make, it will make, it will make a police officer, if he stops, he stops a car and he smells marijuana in the car, he's got legal rights to search that car. Now, if you read this scripture and you don't realize your legal rights that you got a right to shake hell down with, you are not reading this scripture as it is said to you. Notice, and in, and in very deed for this cause have I raised thee up for to show in thee my power and that my name may be declared throughout all the earth as yet exaltest thou thyself against my people that thou will not let them go. You know it's amazing when hell thinks it's winning. When hell thinks that it's done decided that I'm not going to let them go, they're my people, I'm not going to let them go, and then hell has to hear God say that I raised you up for a purpose, I raised Pharaoh for a purpose, I raised cancer for a purpose, I raised tuberculosis for a purpose. I raised sugar diabetes for a purpose. Heart trouble for a purpose. That my name might be glorified in all the earth. Hell has got to recognize something big is coming. And it's God. Hell. I want you to hear me tonight. You were raised for the cause to glorify the name of Jesus. You have no legal right to touch me. Hallelujah. Pharaoh was raised for this cause. 
for the enemy when he really thinks he's got the upper hand on you and then to find out he was only raised for this cause that the name of Jesus to show God's power to show his strength to show his testimony to think of this would not have happened if God would not have hardened Pharaoh's heart you would have never known these things if it had just walked out If it had just walked out, but because of this, God's name was magnified and glorified. If this wouldn't have happened, but God always gets the glory. He always gets the glory. A lot of people don't want to profess anything, and I I don't believe in just letting negativity come across your lips, but you ought to recognize the devil that you're fighting with. And you can either say, well, I've got heart trouble, or heart trouble's got me. Or you can either say, I've got cancer, or cancer's got me. I choose to say that as Full Gospel Lighthouse, we got cancer by the throat of the neck. You ought to be bold in your worship. You know who you are. Don't you be scared of him, he's scared of you. Don't you get nervous, he's nervous. Don't you get shook up. He's shaking up. When the weakest of Christians goes on their knees, hell trembles. What about you veterans? What about your mamas and daddies? Let's shake hell down. We're coming to take over. service that's ever that's ever preached that the name Moses or the children of Israel is not mentioned why because there was a miracle that took place brother Barnum said before you can see a miracle you got to become a miracle but I want you to look at this in this way that that we point back to these miracles we point back and we realize that the God of Moses and the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob is still the same God But we point back to those miracles and think about the faith that it raised. Are you with me? Think about the faith that it raised in Rahab and all of Jericho was all scared, but Rahab, it released her faith that she could drop down a token. Come on, help me preach tonight. It brought faith to her that she realized that there was something out there in that camp that would get her out of her pestilence, that would get her out of her careers. It would get her out of her prostitution. She realized that they had something that she was lacking. It was because of these miracles that Gideon would point back and say, where, if God be with us, then where be all of his miracles? He knew that he had to be the same God, and if he was God, then where's all of his miracles at? And here Gideon is, is giving God the answer. He's giving him and presenting him this question, and then God answers it. Because he was pointing back to a miracle that had happened. 
And if you look at the children of Israel, the children of Israel were trained by trouble. It sculpted them and cultivated them. And they learned how to fight. But they were not just out beating at the air. They were landing their punches. The only time that they were beating at the air was when sin came into the camp. And anybody can fight. I was set in a land full of fighters. Anybody can fight, but we're, we're not talking about somebody that's just willing to roll up their sleeves here. We're not talking about that. Anybody, anybody in their right mind that knows, uh, knows Brother Ron in the natural would fight for him. But we're not just looking for somebody that's willing to fight for him in the natural. We're looking for somebody. And when you when I want you to hear, I want you to hear this every time you hear me say, Brother Ron Spencer. Now I am not just addressing him. I am addressing the I am addressing the issue. Because you see, this is not just a battle against Brother Ron Spencer. This is a, this is a battle against you. This is a battle against the bride of Jesus. And I hope you follow me in my, in my thinking on that because you see, this is more than just on one person. This is affecting you. This is affecting conventions. This is affecting meetings. This is affecting the world. But we are not just dealing with a cancer in the flesh, but we are fighting against an enemy that is trying to bring cancer to a generation to a people to grab a hold of them as the prophet would say and be a crab to them and jerk the very life out of them that is what Satan is wanting to do don't look at the small picture look at the big picture of what Satan is trying to do he is trying to grab a hold of your spiritual life he is trying to grab a hold of you as an individual and destroy your family I got people in my in in my in my workforce or in the work community that would die for me, that would die for Matthew and my dad in that in that realm because of what we mean to them. I believe you've got friends like that that would actually give their life just defending you. But you know, in this type of battle, you're not looking for somebody that knows how to pull out the brass knuckles. You're looking for somebody that knows how to pull out Hebrews chapter 4 and 12. They know how to pull out that sword. They know how to get it and use it. And they're not holding it by a weak hand. They're holding it by a strong hand. Anybody can just spout off at the mouth. A lot of people are real good at that. A lot of people don't know when to suck that thing. A lot of people don't know when to stop talking or stop typing. They don't know when. Anybody can spout off at the mouth. And anybody can quote Logos. But I'm looking for somebody that will reach in there and grab that spiritual word like Hattie Wright said. And she said the right word. Are you with me tonight? We're not fighting this in the natural. We're fighting this in the supernatural. In a, in a spiritual realm. This is not a natural battle. This is a spiritual battle. Buckle it up. It's time for battle. It's a time to land punches. Realize that we're engaged in a warfare. Anybody can say they got faith, but let that faith speak. Let that faith go to work. Faith is works expressed. You can have faith, but let it loose. Let that faith loose. Let that faith speak. Let that faith move. 
You remember Brother Branham, he had that old dog called Fritz. He said he'd chase everything down. He said he'd chase everything down, but he would not chase down a skunk. He said he'd get up there and he'd chase after and he'd get him up in a bush, but he would not go in there. But Brother Branham, he said now, he said I would say sick him, Fritz, and he'd run right in there and he'd go after that skunk. You remember that? He said go in there, get him, Fritz, sick him, Fritz, sick him, Fritz. He said now the biggest devil, the biggest skunk that I know of is the devil. And he said, when I hear people saying, amen, go for it, go after him. He said, it shows to me that we've got the devil treed. And it's just a short moment. We've got him treed tonight. By your amens, it's proven to me that you've got the devil treed. You've got him in a corner. Amen. Sick him, bride. Go after him, bride. Don't hold back, bride. Hallelujah. It's a time to let God loose on the enemy. It's a time to let the great I am loose on him. A lot of times people got God boxed up in their mentality of their, of their mind that God's got to do this before he can do that or God's got to move on this way before he can move that. If you as a human being, maybe this just works in my mind. If you can get him out, well, God's got to do this and God's got to do that and God's got to make this happen before I see the miracle. If you could take God out of your little man-made box, take him out of that box and say, God... You're the God of heaven. You're the God of the universe. You ain't got to work to my mentality. I'm going to work to your mentality. And let God loose and you'll watch the miracle come to pass. You see, you're standing in, in a position. And I want you to realize where you're at. In this battle that we're facing, you are standing in a great position. You're in a position as a people for God to reveal himself to you. Now Satan don't mind you going to church. He don't mind you coming here on Saturday and Sunday. He don't mind you getting your car. He don't even mind you turning on your gospel music. He don't mind you flipping through the pages of the Bible. He don't mind you joining the choir. Young people, he don't mind you joining the choir. He don't mind you getting emotional down here and getting happy. He don't mind those things. But when you start receiving the word for the hour, that's where Satan gets all hot and bothered. He starts having a heat flash. And oh my goodness, he just can't get cooled down. It's when you start receiving the word for the hour. Whew. I'm preaching to every woman over 50 right now. Understand all of that. But I want you to realize that when you start receiving the word for the hour and putting that word for the hour, that's when he goes into a hot flash. He starts realizing that there's a people that can fan the flames higher and can push him right back down to hell where he came from. Well, I'm sure I'm going to hear about that one. You're standing in a position that God can reveal himself to you and Satan hates that. 
You see, Satan tried his very best to keep Joshua from going into the homeland. He gave him false reports. He brought up negative testimonies. He brought out rumors of giants in that land. But Joshua was not bothered by their, by their negative testimonies. Joshua was commissioned. In verse Joshua 1 and 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Joshua was commissioned to stand there and to go in and take it over. And Satan was doing his best to keep him out of that land because Satan knew that once Joshua got in, he would not get him out. I just dropped you a whole wheelbarrow load. Satan knows if you get into this message, he ain't going to get you out of this message. If you really dive in, there ain't no way he's going to get you out. Why don't you dive on in tonight? Satan's doing his best to keep the revealed word of this hour away from you. <laughs> Once you get in, he ain't getting you out. That's why you see such a struggle with your family, with your prodigals, with your in-laws. You see such a struggle because Satan is wanting to keep them out of it. He may do his very best, but if they are ordained before the foundation of the world, he can do all he wants to to them. Once they get in, he can't get them out. My Jesus. Let me just let me just transition here. I feel I feel liberty to go here, so we're going. I wait, I wait for these moments, and now is the time. I was listening to the prophet the other day, and he said, There's a little lady. There's a little lady, he was praying with a little lady. He said, you were just back there wondering when it was your time. He said, but now's your time. Now's your time. You may be wondering when it's your time to get the sword out and start cutting it down. But I want to tell you, by the Spirit of the Lord, now's your time. You don't have to wait no more. I hear the rustling in the mulberry trees. Rise. Rise, now's your time, take it over. This is your book, it's not a closed book, it's an open book. Eat this book, become this book. It's gonna do, it's gonna be a war inside of you, but keep pushing it down. It's this word that will whip the devil any time, any place, under any condition. Even as I was preparing, getting ready to leave for church, Brother Jason Jackson called me. And I have told, I've told many ministers, if you got something that's supernatural, a miracle, and means something to you, I want you to send it to me. Maybe I may not remember it, but I want it in my spirit 
so that when hell comes against us, you see, I may forget it, but there is an anointing that comes that will bring it out at your need and at that moment. I asked Brother Jason, he called me, he said, I gotta share something with you. He said, this happened today. He said, our church service. He said, one of our deacon sisters, one of our deacon sisters that came, came up for prayer, he said she had had knee surgery about seven weeks ago, I believe. It said that she had she had knee surgery and she had and she had so much pain from that it was bothering her hip and everything. She had so much excruciating pain that she was not able to get up and do her daily activities and go to church and whatnot. But she was she was laying there this morning and and she was in her pain and she said she began to think about her sister. She began to think about her sister that had all kinds of different problems that was going on. And something spoke to her to go to church and don't pray for yourself, but pray for your sister that had all these problems. Go up there and stand for your sister. And as Brother Jason was preaching, and he come down to the end of it, had an altar call and people were coming up for prayer. He, she began to say to him, she said, Brother Jason, I'm not here for my own self and my pain, I come here for my sister. And I'm standing here, and out of her mouth she said that my sister will be better. My sister will tell me that she's better after this church service. When she was standing there in that moment, all of the pain that she had in her knees and all throughout her body was completely dissipated at that moment. She went back to her pew. She went back to her pew. And she got, got back there to her pew and all of a sudden she started speaking in another language. And she reached out and grabbed some napkins and put them over her mouth. She stood after that service with no pain. She stood throughout that service with no pain. And she took those napkins to her sister. And when she handed them to her sister, her sister let it out of her mouth. I already feel better. When you go to intercession for somebody else, God looks on you. God is with us. We've seen this God heal degenerative bone disease. When doctors would say it, when doctors would say that, that, that this individual would need two knee replacements, that they would need their spine fused. And the Lord came down and healed them instantly during the preaching of the word. What about you? What about your need? Peter said that while, while the Bible said that while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell. Brother Bill Hersberger's daughter, her legs, he was born, her leg was shorter than the other by two or three inches. And while the preaching of the word, she went and told, she went and told the doctor that she was going to be healed. And after the preaching of the word went forth, her leg grew out to a normal condition. I'm giving you miracles that happened not 50 years ago, but right now. Things that are happening right in our own midst. Now I want you to bring, I want to bring you to this. Because this is an attack. This is an attack from hell. But I want you to realize that this attack is not on you. 
This attack on Jesus Christ. This is an attack on the ministry of Jesus Christ. Any man of God, I mean men, I mean true man of God, will tell you that his ministry is not of himself, it's of God. Brother Ron, Brother Ron, as we, as we know, has a very special gift and anointing that comes that can call out certain things. At Brother Ray Erickson's church, there, I believe, back in, in October or November, and I won't go into every single detail, but there was a man there that was completely shadowed to death, shadowed to death sitting on this corner. Our pastor stuck, stood around, stepped around on this side. He said, I don't know who that man is back there. He said, but I want that man first in this altar line, in this prayer line here. That man was diagnosed with cancer. I believe he was diagnosed with these things and they were killing him and that shadow of death had to leave and the next morning he was standing out in the rain and said, I have never felt so good in my life. I feel like I drank a hundred cups of coffee. <laughs> Is that right? There was a man at Brother Jason Jackson's that came to, that was in his area that came to the meeting there. In the June meetings when Brother Ron and Brother Tim Pruitt were there. And that man was told by another church in that area that they did not believe in divine healing. So there was another brother from Brother Jason's church that told him that they believed in divine healing and they were having special meetings. Why don't you come? This man had cancer in both lungs, had cancer in his bones. <sighs> And they seen him and they prayed for him and the Lord ministered to him and all cancer is gone. All cancer in his lungs is gone. All cancer in his bones is gone. And he's went back to work. Another event just like that. Another event exactly like that happened and it was called out. Cancer was called out. Cancer was challenged by God and cancer lost. But now cancer, notice what I'm saying to you, I'm not just talking in the natural, I'm talking in the, in the spiritual realm, that cancer is challenging the bride of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the crab cancer that is trying to destroy, that cancer is trying to reach out and challenge the ministry of Jesus Christ. This is not an attack on Brother Ron. This is an attack on the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to hear me loud and clear right now that this is a showdown between God and Satan and there is is a realm of impossibilities but this is where God works at his best. This is where God fights at. It's with his word, with his anointing. This is an attack on the ministry of Jesus Christ. You've got to get it off of your mind and realize that the battle is not about you. The battle is the Lord's. The battle belongs to the Lord. And the battle is the Lord's and the Lord will win the battle but you still got to show up. You still got to show up. You know we're going to win. You know we're going to be victorious. You know we're going to overcome. But somebody's got to show up to the battle. God is going to win this through you. 
Let the musicians come. Sister Stephanie, I know you love this, but this is a stupid devil we're dealing with. Stupid. I mean, you got to be an ignoramus to do this. I mean, God already defeated Satan. He's already defeated cancer. He's already defeated all of these things. But now, Satan is stupid enough to challenge back. That's dumb. You got beat ever since the beginning of time. Do you really think you're going to win now? It's easy for us to roll these up. It's easy for us to get in a natural realm. But in a spiritual realm, if you could see what I'm saying to you, Satan has challenged and Satan will lose. Satan will lose. I'm going to give you one more thing before I close. A sister said this to me. Once during a war between Spain and France, the Spaniards surrounded the French army and sent over a note to the French general which said, Surrender. We have you outnumbered and surrounded. Sounds pretty much how Satan is trying to sound to us. Surrender. We have you outnumbered and surrounded. The French general wrote a reply, fastened it to an arrow, and shot it back into the Spanish camp, and it read, Surrender? Never. We have our king with us. Why would we back up now? Why would we wave the surrender flag now? We've got our king with us. Surrender? No way. Our king, the Lord Jesus, is in our camp. He's a God that's mighty in battle. He's never lost a battle. He will not lose this war. It will be Satan that waves a flag of surrender. But as for us, we'll be waving the flag of triumph and victory. Bride of Jesus Christ, I want you to listen to me here and on tape. If you'll trust me, if you trust me, I'll use you like never before. If you trust me, I'll use you like never before. If you trust me, I'll use you like never before. If you trust me, I'll use you like never before. This is a voice from another world. This is the voice of the resurrection. This is the voice of the great I am. If you'll trust me, little bride, I'll use you like never before. I will tear your giants down. I will tear your walls down. If you trust me in this battle, if you trust me through this fight, if you trust me, I will use you like never before. Hallelujah. 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 Will you trust him? 
Will you trust him? You can trust him to take care of your financial needs. Why don't you trust him to take care of your spiritual needs? This ain't just a battle in the natural. This is a battle in the spiritual. If you'll trust him, he'll use you like never before. What if you would surrender your all to him? What if you'd say, I'll give you my life. I'll give you my time. I'll give you my energies. I'll give you all that I am. I will serve you with a whole heart and not a half heart. I will give you everything that I am. I'll give you every breath that I breathe. I'll give you every energy. I trust. If you trust me, and if you trust him back, he will use you like never before. For this glory were you brought here to this world for this glory for this glory for this time for this moment you come to this kingdom you come to this kingdom for such a time as this you're here for this moment you're here for this time little bride get back in step get back in step you were seen marching onward, Christian soldiers marching as to war. Get back in step. Hallelujah. You were not born here to be defeated. You were not born here to be cast down. You were born here to be victorious. Get in step, little bride. And I'll use you like never before. Satan hates you. I hate him too. But God's my friend. And if God is on my side, what do I have to be afraid of? Right, I want you to hear me. If you trust me, I'll use you like never before. Let's sing that song, You Deserve the Glory.
have spoken a few weeks back. I believe about a, I believe about a month. Still going now. Twenty second. On December the twenty second, this voice came from another realm. It said, "If you'll trust me, I'll use you like never before." These words were spoken from a voice to another realm, to this realm, to Brother Ron Spencer. Now I want you to understand all of these events. If you trust me, I'll use you like never before. This was before the battle began. If you'll trust me, I'll use you like never before. I want you to understand these events. The battle has not begun yet. If you'll trust me, I'll use you like never before. And he spoke like a gentleman. And then just a matter of seconds, your wife was seen walking down that aisle, walking with your baby wearing a brown dress, walking with a baby. If you trust me, I'll use you like never before. If you trust me, I'll use you like never before. I want you to understand this. This is before the battle began. If you'll trust me, I'll use you like never before. And here we are on this side of the battle. If you'll trust me, I'll use you like never before. Now that was not just a voice to Brother Ron. That's a voice to you. That's a voice to this generation. That's a voice to this bride. That if you trust me, I will use you like never before. And a barren woman was seen coming down that aisle, walking with a baby. What about the barren wounds in the spiritual realm? Hallelujah. If you trust me, little bride, I will bring forth out of your womb a river flowing. If you trust me, I'll use you like never before. What about you, Sister Cassie? If you trust me, I'll use you like never before. What about you, Brother Alden? What about you, Sister Katie? What about you, Brother Charles? What about you, Brother TJ? What about you, Brother Denny? What about you? If you'll trust him, he'll use you like never before. Where are you going to let him loose at? Why don't you get him out of your box? Why don't you get God out of your box right now? God ain't got to do this or do that to make this come to pass. He's God. Get him out of your box and let God loose. Turn God loose on your enemy. If you'll trust Him, I'll use you like never before. And the honor we lift our hands. Why don't you lift your hands to Him and worship? Why don't you lift your praise to Him? Why don't you lift your voice to Him? For you are great. So great, there is 
like you.